So welcome to the very first edition of A Couple Reviews. My name is Greg DeMarco. You can find me all over the place. You can find me at my website, thechairshot.com. Easy for me to say, at Chairshot Greg on all your forms of social media. I am out there in this podcast, brand new first edition, I do with the lovely and talented Mrs. DeMarco herself, my wife, Holly DeMarco. Hello, world. Right, there you go, world. It's funny, when you ever start a, a website on WordPress, the very first post is actually titled, Hello, world. Like the default post that WordPress gives you. That's exciting. Hello, world. Now, you can find – where can they find your, the, the, your 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 stuff? Really the best place to find your stuff on your blog. Where's that? Oh, my blog, it's um, it's on Substack. It's educatethissubstack.com. Yep, educatethis.substack.com. You can subscribe there and learn a lot of great stuff right now. You can learn about our family vacation that yep. we just finished up, our, our COVID vacation 2020. A lot of fun stuff there. I am on Substack as well, gregdemarco.substack.com. It's all free, all out there for you to enjoy. And, and you know, depending on how you heard this show, because it's going to be available on ChairShot, it's going to be available on my blog, maybe on her blog, just, just go follow up on the other ones and, and, and get everything every which way possible. But if you don't want to, it's okay because it's all out there. This show is called A Couple Reviews. Now, do you remember where the name came from? I do remember. Do you want to explain it or do you want me to explain it? I'll explain it. Can you explain So one of the things that we love to do, we always have since we met so many years ago, is we love seeing movies. Mm -hmm. Um, There would be times where we'd go every single weekend to see a movie and there'd be times where nothing new came out. So we'd see movies we'd already seen just so we could simply go to the movies. Um, So this podcast is going to be all about movie reviews. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you say movie reviews because I thought we might uh, at times review things that aren't movies. Oh, we might. Never know. You never know. It's about know. reviews. We could and review books. Oh, wait. <laughs> I'd have to read them. Exactly. For us to review them. So I don't know if we're going to review books. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I'll, I'll listen to one and then we'll review the audio. <laughs> You'll be like, so when I read this chapter, we're like, yeah, when I heard that, I thought it was great. <laughs> but uh, so, yep. So we came up with that. And, and of course, the name, a couple reviews, is a play on words. Uh, you could look at it a few different ways. You could use as, especially today as we're reviewing two movies. Well, that's a couple of reviews, right? Yes. Or we're a couple doing reviews, and that's where the name really comes from, a couple reviews. And this week is our very first time doing this one. It's not our first time doing this together. As a few months ago now, I did an interview on The Greg DeMarco Show with you. Yeah, for Mother's for Day. Very, for Mother's Day. Lots of fun that we had doing that, and, and of course, that led to... A lot of different things for you when you started blogging and just doing more things that are outside of your your, your normal day-to-day work life. And that has allowed uh, you that, that kind of flexibility and that platform. And now people can hear your voice more often as you get to podcast. I don't know if it's a good thing or not, but I'm going to say it's a good thing. Well, they might get sick and tired of listening to your voice all the time. So If they haven't already, <laughs> I don't think they will. I mean, I've been, told, I've, I've been told I should be on the radio. I wish somebody would tell a radio station that, but... Instead, I just do podcasts, so here we are. And so this is the first edition of A Couple Reviews. We are going to review a couple different movies. What movies are we going to review today? We are going to review um, Now You See Me and mm-hmm. Now You See Me number two. Exactly. Normally, we'll probably just do one thing when we review, but we watch these movies back-to-back over two days during COVID Vacation 2020. And On our son's request. Yes, our, our, our 14-year-old son, um, he really thought that... 
you know, he wanted us to watch these movies big time. I don't even know when he saw them. I don't know when he saw them either. And and so he really wanted to watch. And these are movies that we were really surprised we didn't see. They are movies right up our alley. Like I can't believe we missed these. So why why can't you believe that? Um, Well, we are all about heist movies. Action movies, movies that, uh, you know, have really kind of engaging, interesting plots. And this kind of wrapped all of it up into one. Yeah, I recently... Or two. Or two, yeah. <laughs> I I put out a, a movie review of my own, of Ocean's Eleven, which, of course, is my favorite movie, which is, of course, a heist movie. And I talked about in there, that's the movie where I fell in love with heist movies, uh, having, having seen that. Um, and funny story about that review is it's actually written in there. Um, I completely redid how I do movie reviews because <laughs> this woman over here told me that my first review that she read sucked and she didn't use that word, but I use that word, but it, with the new, the new way of doing it much, much better. And I'm sure some of that'll come out in this review as well. So now you see me and now you see me too, are the movies that we're going to be talking about. But first, you know, there are my people who listen to this, and, and maybe they've never seen those movies, but they still, despite not seeing, having seen the movies, they want to keep on listening. So let's fill them in. What are these movies about? Give them kind of the, the, the quick and dirty rundown of the movies. So it's primarily about these four main characters who call themselves the Four Horsemen, and they're kind of working under a, um, a leader who they don't know. Um, they don't know why they're doing the things that they're being kind of commissioned to do, but they're all magicians and they were all sought out by this kind of guy leader overseer for their particular mag- magical talents. Um, and he has, as this leader has this almost vendetta that he needs these guys to help him achieve. So they go through and they set up these elaborate, massive, um, shows like mm-hmm. magic shows and in the end it becomes almost like they're um they even refer to it in, in the movie at some point where they're like robin hood mm-hmm. um because they're not stealing and, and doing these heists for self-gain they're doing it to almost punish some of these like so-called bad guys that have wronged this leader um, or wronged people in the community and it kind of spills over from the first one into the second one. The second one has a, a kind of has a different type of plot to it. Yep. But this kind of this leader of the four horsemen, that's kind of the secret leader in the first one. His vendetta that started it all still is going in the second one and plays out. So there's a that storyline connection between the two as well. Yeah, they're definitely connected from movie number one to movie number two, and, and supposedly, allegedly, you just never know. There's a thing called called the IMDb. Uh, Myths or, or whatever they're called. Um, supposedly the third one is, is being written. We'll see if that ever comes to be. But even if there's never a third one, these two really do go together. They and, do. And, and if it's, if, if it stops here, it makes sense. And, and it works. Cause there was closure at the end of the second one. There was closure, but the door's definitely open oh, to, to continue. Um, but if it doesn't continue, then, then it just makes sense and we can kind of fill in, fill in the gaps on our own about what we think may have happened in the world of all the people involved with now you see me um, involved with the eye. I don't think we talked about the no, eye just yet. Not but, yet. Uh, we definitely will. So this is our first one of these. So we've kind of gone over the the synopsis of the movie. But what do you want to talk about first? Um, I want to talk about the magic. Okay, the talk magic's the magic. my favorite part now, of it. it. When you hear the word magic these days, and maybe it's because 
you know, for years, uh, even though I didn't read them, I've seen them all and, and heard you read them to our kids. <laughs> all about Harry Potter. And that's not the kind of magic we're talking about No, here. we're not talking about good really old... witchcraft no, we're talking about. we're talking about good old-fashioned, yeah. David Copperfield. Card tricks, card, getting sawed yeah, in half. Disappearing and reappearing. Out of a hat, yeah. a hat out of a rabbit, which they never showed, but <laughs> talked but about. But they talked about that. Um, but I think that, you know, it's different than a lot of other movies. Yep. Um, with that that magic twist to it, and I think you know a lot of people are just intrigued by these crazy magicians that we you know you've heard about over the past decades, Chris Angel or whatever, mm-hmm. and like they do these death defying things, and you always wonder how they do them. Um, so this movie is just is full of these just over the top eccentric type mm-hmm. of magic tricks, and it's. It, it just holds your attention. If nothing else, you're just, you just get drawn in by these magic yep. tricks. And it's just like the way that the movies are filmed and the way that they can just do this with computers and technology now, just, um, it's, it's really, really crazy. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's funny because the magic was at the end, like this was a heist movie. Mm-hmm. They were both heist movies. And I watched the magic that they did and really, they were very basic magic in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Instead, they were just pulling off, you know, a ruse on people and making people think one thing and the other. And that, to me, was a big similarity with the movie I just talked about, my favorite movie ever, Ocean's Eleven. Almost essentially the same magic tricks in a lot of ways. Well, that's kind what of they what they're doing. doing. They're yeah. doing they're doing magic almost as a cover for the heist. Exactly. So a lot yep. of the heist stuff that had to happen happened prior to their magic show. Yeah. Because they had to put things in place and then in order for that big reveal is where the magic right. show came. And because it was like that Robin Hood kind of mm-hmm. feel, the magic show set the stage for the person or the people that they were kind of targeting to get, right. you know, their vendetta against. Um, and they kind of set this whole stage against them during the magic show and then everything that they'd put into place. And I can, that's where it kind of goes back to Ocean's Eleven because like you're watching it happen. Right. And when you get to the end, it's all about like, how did they the do big that? reveal. And then you yeah. like you go back and you realize just how many different aspects of foreshadowing were played, especially like in number two, like they, like the big the big final climatic mm-hmm. um, magic show in the second one um, had these three little shows yep. lining up prior to it, and the magicians are like you know the four horsemen like during their the little three these three little shows they're doing individually like the one guy. Um, Daniel, who's mm-hmm. kind of like, he wants to be the leader of the right. four horsemen. He's just like a traditional magician in terms of what he does, whereas he, the other one's more special skills. But he was pretty much like telling the, the crowd, look, at this is how I did this magic trick because yeah. you're going to want to remember this for our big final, um, you know, magic show. Right. And it's funny because we're doing that, and I completely forgot about the things he talked about. Like Until the, the, the fan until the and the, reveal, the rain, rain machine, and, everything and I'm just like, oh yeah, he did tell us this. <clears throat> What's interesting to me is that the the magic, it's, it's serving as a backdrop for the heist. Like, this is definitely, like, I saw a couple times at the gym, actually, when you can ride the bike for me and, and watch the big movie screen. I don't know if it's The Amazing or Wonders, whatever, but but the Burt Wonderstone movie, which um, that, you know, Burt Wonderstone was a magician and, and everything he went through with his partner and eventually getting back with his partner. That movie was a magic movie. and It was about magic tricks and all of that. Make no mistake about it. This is a heist movie. Yes. These are heist movies. These are not magic movies whatsoever. 
if you're expecting to watch this and, and learn about you know no. the focus mirror on magic, it's not going to be that. No. But it's still wonderful. You should watch it. But that's well. My favorite scene out of both movies was in the second one, and it was the heist. It right. was the heist scene <clears throat> where they're trying to steal this like computer chip, um, and it's because of like their magical mm-hmm. aspect of trying to like you know they put this spoiler alert they put this um, computer chip on the back of a playing card, and then the, among the four of them, they're having to do that little yeah, card flippy yep. thing, which and, they learned earlier in the movie. Yeah, and it was just like they're trying to steal. The mm-hmm. computer chip by using these magical skills that they have, and I say magical, but it's just like the magic trick. Yeah, they're 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 magic skills. The they're sleight not, of hand, exactly. Trick. Like their their magic training, it's almost like talking about you know the skills that somebody has for their job. That's what this these type of magic skills. They're not like magic where they you know they're not controlling the force. They're not mm-hmm. waving a wand. They're not doing anything like that. This is humans doing human things that are just sleight of hand and, and meant to avert attention and be a distraction that then lead to. This sort of sort of magic trick, but I think that's where the director and the producer of these movies really excelled was because they took, you know, the heist aspect, which was the fundamental piece of these movies, mm-hmm. and put it in the realm of these magicians, these traditional magicians. Um, but then they produced a movie that was just it was eye catching, and it was oh, yeah. just. Um, like this, you know, you felt like they were really doing these magic tricks, and you're just like, how did they get that money? How did they get what they were trying to steal? How did they fool them? And um, it was, it was just really, really well done. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think I thought it was going to be good because I knew it was a heist movie, mm-hmm. and, and so that kind of you automatically have my buy-in at that point. But when somebody who loves heist movies so much, I think there's also a lot of risk involved because. Mm-hmm. It could suck and and could be real critical. But I think what was important, I think you you know we're comparing this now kind of frequently to Ocean's Eleven. I am, yeah. One of the things Ocean Eleven had, and I loved Ocean Eleven, is just you know not quite as much as you do. See, nobody loves no, Ocean's Eleven as much as I do. I haven't watched it the seventy-two times that you've watched it. That's a low number. I know it is. Um, but I think one of the things that makes these heist movies good is the team, mm-hmm. the cast of characters that they put together. Um, and not just the character development, but the actors that they choose to play and bring these characters oh, yeah. to life. Because you, you definitely know? need to choose. you, you got to fill each role because each role is important. And that was actually the, the point that I wanted to jump to. So, perfect segue there. You're welcome. But Thanks. <laughs> um, because the heist movies are, are really, in a lot of ways, not about... Like, they're about the heist... But the best heist movies, the heist happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. And the reason usually has nothing to do with what they're stealing or or the heist itself. But the reason gives us the character interactions and the character development. And it's the reason is why you learn about everybody and what you learn about who they are and why they're there and how they got there and their background, all that. It's rarely the heist that brings that out. It's usually the reason that brings that out. And I think these movies... Definitely fall under under that category as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and you just you buy into these characters, and you know, as you watch them go, you you see them, you know, kind of argue with each other, and you know, they're they're confused as mm-hmm. to why this the secret benefactor who's telling them and teaching them and giving them all this all these jobs to do, but hasn't revealed themselves. Like they doubt what they're doing and why they're doing it, um, and you know, and. The Four Horsemen. It's it's three men and a, and, right. and a woman. Um, so there's you know that that type of interaction too, as far as having that that dynamic between um, characters. 
and Woody Harrelson's in it, and Woody does a great job in both movies. Yeah, in the second movie, he's two characters. He's himself um, and his twin brother. Himself and his twin brother, and in the first movie, he, he's just his character, Merritt McKinney. Um, interesting thing about the Horseman name that because you keep mentioning it that I want to bring up that I thought was something that's very easy to overlook and screw up, and they didn't screw it up. In the first movie, they are almost always referred to as the Four Horsemen. Mm -hmm. In the second movie, they are never referred to as the Four Horsemen. In the second movie, they're always called the Horsemen because in the first movie, one of the Horsemen dies. Mm. Dies, quote-unquote dies. Mm -hmm. and, and so in the second movie, when they're on stage again, there's three of them. That's true. Now, at that point, we know who, who the person is behind it. And by the end of the, the, the second movie, there's five of them because the dead guy is revealed as not being dead. The leader's been outed, so he's now out there. And and one thing I noticed as we were watching them last week is that they never called them the Four Horsemen in the second movie. In the first movie, they had a symbol for the Four Horsemen. Mm -hmm. It was marketed That's as the Four right. Horsemen until Jack dies. And then, of course, he doesn't die. We knew he didn't die. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then they had to move forward like that. And then they only had the three of them on the stage. But that was something that I found very interesting was the transition from the Four Horsemen to the Horsemen, yeah. which to me made sense. But it was just one of those little things that could have really like they probably just could have called him the horseman from the start mm -hmm. who knows but and, and the horseman is something as a wrestling guy of course that's the four horsemen is something that's huge in wrestling but that, it was big before wrestling yeah, oh, yeah. The horseman of the apocalypse exactly so many different references to the four horsemen you know and literature movies and everything else so that's one thing that i found very interesting was the, the horseman. Do you want to talk more about the actual characters? Because that's a big, huge part of this movie. Um, well, the one thing that I wanted to talk about first is we'll talk about the female character. Right. So in the first one, it's Henley. Yep. Um, and she's she's a pretty strong female character. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pull the curtain back. I'm I don't we don't remember the name of the female in the second movie, so I'm gonna look it up. It's yeah, it's like Lola. I don't even know what her name is. Um. But Henley, in the first one, she's this really kind of fierce, strong, over-the-top um, female, and she really kind of brings that group together. Mm -hmm. And there's, like, a little bit of tension between her and Woody Harrelson's character. Um, a little, you know, of that innuendo there where, um, what is his name, Merrick, right? Is that Merit. Merit kind of wants to get with her. Mm -hmm. And then... In the second one, and I think this is where... It is Lula, by the way. What is it? Lula. Lula. Okay. L-U-L-A, Lula. We'll get to Lula in a second. So with Henley, you know, and this is something that I think that the directors and the producers did really well, is the character who played... The actress who played Henley did not return for the second movie. Right. So instead of just saying, well, we'll just cast another redhead actress and pretend it's the same actress right. and still have it be Henley, they accounted for the fact that Henley was no one, no longer yeah. one of the horsemen and the secret benefactor leader of the horsemen brings in a new girl. Yep. Uh, completely different character, completely different personality, you know, where Henley was very strong and, and could have probably been a leader of the horsemen's. Yep. Lola, is that her name? Lula. Lula. L-U-L-A, Lula. Lula comes in and she's kind of like this younger, almost wannabe horseman who's like, when they first meet her, she's like infatuated with them. Just not like, you know, in the sense of, oh my gosh, I want to be just like you right. guys. Um, 
but then you know she does a good job of becoming her own um and there's a little twist where she actually is is seen as you know the leader of the pack when yeah. they go to do their this big heist of this computer right thing. because she's the doctor in the, in the scene that they put together and so she has to be the smartest one in the room and the one who's in charge of everything. So yeah, so I I really I really like the dynamic of the of the of the two females individually in the two movies, but then how the movie actually handled um, the change in actress and the change yeah. in character. Because um, it is easy to some movies will ignore that, some movies will almost insult the audience in a way. At least mm-hmm. the audience thinks that by trying to replace the character, but no, they did a good job, which could lend itself to you know. Who knows what in the third movie? Maybe, you know, Henley comes back. Yeah, who knows? You know, I don't think Isla Fisher's pregnant again, so <laughs> hopefully she could she could come back and, and be in the third one. If they make the third one, who knows? Yeah. But, I mean, and that, you know, and with with Lula, you know, that then goes into there's the, you know, the little love, you know, mm-hmm. you know secondary plot line with Jack, the dead, right. the dead horseman, the guy who supposedly died in the first movie. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's that too. So why don't you talk about Jack? Well, before I do that, also the interesting point is Woody Harrelson's character in the first movie was all over trying to get with Henley. Yeah. The second movie never once tries to do that. Like they did a really good mm-hmm. job, really differentiating, um, and, and making that change in the character. Jack was interesting because Jack was a card thrower as, as he is termed, but he does a lot of card tricks, sleight of hand there, but is kind of the one who tries to pull off he does a lot of the grunt work yeah so to speak and you see that in in lots of heist movies there's always a person doing the grunt work um during a big car chase scene because because of course there's a car chase scene i in, love car chases yep you do um you know car flips over he supposedly dies how he pulls that off is, is i don't know if that's revealed in the first movie or the second movie how he pulls that off but he pulls that off and um and then he comes back and then of course in the second movie um once they're all outed by by the big bad guy in the second movie, he's outed as actually being alive. We knew he was mm-hmm. alive before the end of the first movie. Um, as is the leader is is outed as well. Um, but Jack is Jack's interesting because he's I don't know if he's younger than than Lula, but he's young, the youngest of the group in the first movie and mm-hmm. treated like the youngest. And he's recruited really as a pickpocket mm-hmm. is how he's recruited, um, and, and of course gets pickpocketed himself. Another throwback to Ocean's Eleven, if you think about it, because yeah, that's, that's how they recruit Linus Caldwell, is that he, he pickpockets something, and then Danny Ocean pickpockets the same thing, and then slides the business card into his pocket. So, uh, I kind of liked how they did that there. But he, of course, is, you know, that skill comes into play at the pickpocketing, and, and comes into play more than once. Just like the mind control of, or the hypnotism, or whatever you want to call it, of, of Merritt McKinney, which is... His is the most interesting to me because it's also the the hardest to buy into, mm-hmm. I think, because of how – I don't say hokey it looks because maybe that's how hypnotism really works. I don't know. But it's just like they slap you and then you, and you're kind of put into this trance and you want – like it's just and very, very snap fingers yeah. and there's all these like little cues and all these things. But what I really like since you brought up um, uh, Merritt with um, his hypnotism is how like in the second one – 
um, Meredith's trying to learn how to do the card right. tossing that Jack does. And Jack's and trying Jack to learn the hypnotism. is trying to learn the hypnotism. And of course, by the end, you know, they obviously get the card thing together yep. because they, that's how they stole the, the, the computer chip. But throughout the movie, you see Jack trying to hypnotize mm-hmm. people and it's never working. Um, and then, so it's kind of cool at the end to realize that the whole way, the whole reason they were able to pull everything off. Right. Was the fact that Jack was able to hypnotize the guy. Yep. And and that Merritt was able to do the card throwing, too, um, in the end. What I found interesting, too, was how they the, – the major things that seem like tricks, like um, when they went down to shoot and ended up in China. Yeah. And, and it's like how they end up in China. And, of course, it was really just the fact that they um, – being in the shoot kind of knocked them out, and then it showed how they were – dragged to another place which is also a throwback to the amazing burt wonderstone because they're the big trick in that movie was taking the audience from the theater to the roof of the building mm-hmm. and how they did it was they gassed everybody threw them into a moving truck took them somewhere <laughs> else woke them all up and they were all sitting in their seats when they when they woke up again so very um interesting just how they how they pull it off which makes you think i've seen so many movies where people somehow get knocked out and moved that's probably happened in real life at some point <laughs> And so if you're ever at a magic trick where you go to bed, where you're sitting in one thing and wake up somewhere else, they probably knocked you out, moved you around, and banged your head a couple times. So just watch out for that if that's ever the trick that you're a part of. Maybe contact your attorney. I don't know. Um, so we've talked about Jack. We've talked about Lula, Henley. We've talked about Merritt. So we've really talked about uh, – we didn't really talk much about Daniel. No, Daniel's the one who you would think he'd be the leader. If there yeah. wasn't the secret leader and he wants to be, and that kind of is part of the, his issues in the second yep. one. And that's what leads them to these, the bad guys yeah. of the second movie is because he's, he gets a little too power hungry and mm-hmm. he wants, he wants to go on his own and he wants to make the decisions. Yeah. And it leads them right into the hands of Harry Potter. Exactly. Daniel <laughs> Radcliffe. The one thing, interesting note about Daniel's character is that he, um, in the first movie, Henley was his assistant at one point, and by mm-hmm. the time they get recruited uh, for for this for the Horsemen, they're no longer. It'd been at least a year that they were apart, and she was on her own doing magic, and he was, and she was no longer his assistant. But that's just a little dynamic of their relationship as well, and and also kind of comes into play since he wants to be in charge because at one point he was in charge of her, yeah. and, and that comes up and and is a good little interplay between the two of them. And it's hard because, like, they don't know what the what the end result is, what the end goal yeah. is, you know, because their their secret leader, mm-hmm. spoiler alert again, is Dylan. Right. Um, they don't know one who he is, and they really don't know what the end goal is. So right. it's, it's hard. It's hard to and they, and they're waiting like a year um, between these things to mm-hmm. to have things get you know put into place so that they can yeah. do this. You know, really serve the vendetta of Dylan against yeah. this guy, which takes us to Thaddeus. Before we talk about Thaddeus, do me a favor, turn on the lamp behind you. It's getting okay. dark. So we're, we're going to turn on the lamp here so we can see as uh, as we're recording this when daylight becomes nighttime here in, in State 48, the great state of Arizona, as we're not in lockdown and probably should be, but <laughs> that's okay. So you talked about Thaddeus, which of course is played by Morgan Freeman because well, it's a movie, so Morgan Freeman has to be in it. Or Samuel L. Jackson. Or Samuel L. Jackson or Dennis Haysbert, if neither is available. Um, but this one has Morgan Freeman, and Thaddeus is 
He is probably the most. I would think he's the most fun character. I think between well, the two, the, movies. he's the most complex. He's de- yeah, he definitely is. He's, he's somewhat of a puppeteer in a lot of ways, in in my yeah. opinion, and and definitely has a great twist at the end of the second movie, which I think realizing his which side he was on wasn't a big twist, but realizing why yes. he was on the side that he was on. And his his relationship with Dylan's dad definitely was a big surprise. And I think that's kind of why throughout both movies he was such an interesting character because like you just never knew. Mm-hmm. Like you thought you knew whose side he was on, and the next time you saw him, you're like, oh well, no, I'm wrong. He's on this side. And then right. the next time you saw him, you it was he was a great character in playing both sides. Yeah. Like he really, really did. He walked the line and he played both sides to the end result that needed to happen. So what's interesting too about him is that um, just his relationship with Dylan and and Dylan's dad, Dylan uh, was, we were introduced to him as Dylan Rhodes. Mm -hmm. um, And and of course later Dylan Shrike, which is, uh, I know, you know, his dad's last name, his dad was a magician and, and it was, you know, Thaddeus who was trying to disprove his magic for like 30 years, over 30 years. And, and of course. Well, the vendetta was 30 years because it had been 30, 30 years since, since his dad, dad died. died. Being locked in a safe and, and, and what happened there. Uh, and of course, finding out that maybe that's not exactly the case, not the death. The death is real, but their, you know, their relationship and, and what Thaddeus was really trying to do and really trying to accomplish and, and, uh, and how that comes to play in the end was, was definitely interesting. Um, you mentioned it, so so you know as we talk about how we saw this movie, the one thing that was spoiled for us oh. is that we knew that that Dylan Rhodes was really we didn't know that he was Dylan Shrike, but we knew that he was the one who was actually recruiting them because because when our son was telling us about the movie, he's like, oh yeah, these are all the people that were recruited by Mark Ruffalo, and then we're watching the movie and we're like. Wait, I don't think we're supposed to know that Mark Ruffalo was the one that's yeah, recruiting them. Yeah, that's what happens when you watch a movie with a 14-year-old yeah, who's really excited. excited about the movie. And wants to tell you why. Yeah. Um, but there were still enough surprises. Like, we didn't know that, that his dad was the one who mm-hmm. um, who did all of that, and, and we didn't know a lot about uh, all the interplay. The first movie also had a love story in it with involving Dylan and and the officer, the French the, officer. The Interpol lady. Which, of course, is completely dropped in the second movie yep. and, and is never even... Talked about, brought up anything, which is funny because in the second movie they they talk about Interpol and Interpol's involved again, right? But not, but that, not, not her, story. and it's really weird. Yeah, eh, you know, there were several years between the two movies too, so who knows people's availability? It's hard when you get that big of an ensemble cast. Uh, what to what to do? The main person they were stealing from in the first movie was Arthur Tressler, um, and and in the second movie you mentioned Harry Potter. I did. Which of Daniel course Radcliffe is, is, is Walter. Um, who is the illegitimate son of Arthur Tressler, and Arthur comes back in the second movie, and they're kind of the big bad guys that they're trying to expose or steal from again in, in the second. Well, movie. it's because well, the reason they're the bad guys is because Tressler wants revenge on the Horsemen for what they did to him in the first movie. Right, and and Walter, we say Tressler, you mean Arthur? Arthur, um, yes. Walter, of course, had some business dealings with the person that they exposed in the first. Uh, I guess trick or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it in, in the movie before they were exposed themselves. And because Walter faked his own death like a year prior due to that and, and had sort of disappeared and wanted to, to live off, off the grid himself. Um, but you jokingly and not so jokingly 
talked about the fact that you called him Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And and that is is you just can't ignore the Harry Potter factor of this movie because as we've talked about before, no one knew of Daniel Radcliffe before Harry Potter. Right. And when you do eight movies where you're where you're Harry Potter, I think he even appeared in one of the other ones. Uh, maybe he didn't appear in one of the other one ones. One of the other what? The Fantastic Beasts or whatever no. movies. Um, I don't know. <laughs> no. But sorry, <laughs> jeez. But um. But the hard thing for Daniel Radcliffe is like it doesn't matter what you do in any movie, any role you play. The first time anybody sees you, dude, that's Harry Potter. Well, see, and that was my concern because you know we knew Harry. You know, well, okay, let's call him Daniel Radcliffe. So <laughs> it doesn't matter what you call him. You call him Harry Potter. You call him Dar- Daniel Radcliffe. So Everybody knows who it is. We knew he was in this movie. Yes. And that was my biggest concern because, you know, if you know me, you know I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Huge. Yeah. Um, and I was really worried that when I looked at him and watched him in this movie that I wouldn't be able to see past Harry Potter. Right. I thought the same thing the first time I saw Emma Watson in another movie thinking I would never be able to see past Hermione Granger. Um, and I think Emma Watson's a fantastically talented actress. And Hermione Granger, Hermione Granger is a, is an iconic character. Yes, she is. But Hermione Granger is not Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. Exactly. And, I mean, it wasn't, you know, Hermione Granger and the Sorcerer's Stone. No. It was Harry. Every single movie was Harry Potter and something, something, something. Yes. And, and it's just, he's Harry Potter. Like, there's just no way around it. Right, there's not. But I think that they did a good job of being able to... Have him create a character oh, yeah. that was very different, and so it's like as much as like you can't help think Harry Potter when you see his face because you'll always think that when you see his face because Daniel Radcliffe just has a very unique face yeah. that's associated with Harry that's Potter. That's a face that we saw develop and grow. Like like yeah. you see, you know, we we talk about our fourteen year old son. We've known him since the day he was born, and we've seen his face changing. You look at pictures, and his little round chubby face, and now it's like this man face, you know, chiseled man face. <laughs> And and it's it's you know there's still that famous soccer picture you took of him that could be on the cover of a magazine, and it's it's we saw that change and grow, and we saw the same thing with Harry Potter. Well, yeah, because the course of those eight movies took eleven years. We watched watched the three of those kids grow up, and Mm -hmm. so I think a lot of people look at Harry Potter almost as like a member of their family is how they see him, Mm -hmm. and that's why you know if our son were to go on and be in movies and play this villain in this movie, when we first see him. Even on screen, we would see our son. We wouldn't see the character. And so when you first see Harry Potter on screen, no matter what role he's playing, you're going to see Harry Potter. Then eventually, hopefully for his <laughs> sake, you will see the character. And I think in this movie, we did eventually see Walter Tressler and not Harry Potter. That's a huge tangent we just went on. That's what podcasts are all about, Holly. <laughs> I, I got to explain something to you. This is this is my theory of podcasting that I've tried to explain to people so many times before. And I'm just going to explain it to you now. And for those of you listening that are listening to this because of my wife and therefore have never really heard me on a podcast outside of the time that I interviewed her, I'm going to tell you right now the secret to podcasting. The content does not matter. <laughs> what you're talking about is secondary to who is talking about it. Now, I do wrestling podcasts. And the hard thing about wrestling podcasts is that there's about 1.1 million wrestling podcasts out there. And there's only so many things. There's that many people who like wrestling? Shut up. (laughs) 
There's not really because I think on iTunes last last check on iTunes that I heard I heard it on the radio the other day. There's 1.1 million podcasts. Oh, on well, iTunes. that makes more sense. That's a lot of freaking podcasts. That's a lot of podcasts. Probably only half of them are about wrestling. So still, let's just say let's just say there's a thousand podcasts about wrestling. Okay. I'm sure there are. There's got to be. There's not that much that we. Uh, 800 of them are talking about the same thing. They're talking about WWE. So you can tune into any podcast and hear him talk about WWE. So why are you going to listen to mine? It's because you're going to want to hear me and the people on my show talking. Like, that's why. You like the topic, but you also like to hear us talking about it. Now, this is a little bit different. I don't know how many people in 2020 are going to release reviews of Now You See Me and Now You See Me Too. They're in the same not podcast. the most recent movies. They're not exactly the newest movies. But at the end of the day, when you come back and you listen to the second one that we do, you're not going to be like, oh, because they're talking about this. You'll be like, I remember they talked about the last ones. And, and eventually, if you're listening, you're listening because of us, not because of the topic. Now, new listeners might find it because of the topic, but then listen because of us. So that's my little tangent about the secret to podcasting. So that's a tangent that took us on another tangent. Also the secret to podcasting. We don't need to hear the secret again, though. No, not the first <laughs> secret. But the second secret is when, when a tangent happens, just go. Just go because it came up for a reason and just go there. And eventually you'll bring it back. And if you don't bring it back, it wasn't that important to begin with. <laughs> so let's bring it back to the movies. So we've talked about the, the heist itself. We've talked about the character. talked about the magic. We've talked about the characters. We've talked about Harry Potter. Is there any other individual points that we need to talk about about either or both of the Now You See Me movies? No, I just, I think, you know... One of the things to keep in mind is the stuff they're doing probably isn't the most legal things that they're doing. <laughs> That's true. I mean, you know. And they are, especially in the first movie. In the first movie, they're being chased down by Interpol and, and the FBI, which means they're kind of chasing themselves. In the second movie, the FBI is chasing them, but of course, <clears throat> basically kind of lets them go. So Yeah, and, and but at the end of the second one, they're still kind of in hiding. Like yes. they, you know, because what they're doing is also like the oceans eleven. Right. Movies. So it's like, it's, so it's interesting because it's you know, you, you wonder like what their life is going to be like. Well, I mean, yeah. that's how I am. Like whenever I read a book or watch a movie, I always wonder like what happens to them in the future. Like, right. You know. So to a lot of people, that's why sequels happen, and that's why sequels. I know. Are. I know. So, but I and I don't really wonder what happens to them in the future. I mean, I guess I can envision it in my head, but it goes away pretty quickly. But yeah, they're doing stuff that's illegal. They're getting away with it. What I did love about both movies, and I don't... I'm trying to figure out if it would happen in real life. And I don't, I don't know if it would happen in real life because it probably wouldn't be allowed to happen in real life. But they... The way they become, I guess, celebrified oh, by people, yeah. like the following they have and the thousands of people that are showing up just based on... Them releasing videos on YouTube and the news picking up on it and the horsemen are this and the horsemen are that. and doesn't matter where they go in the entire world, which may not really work nowadays. Like if someone was doing something in like Barcelona and then suddenly showed up here, I don't think thousands of people would show up. Depends on who it is. But if somebody was doing something here and showed up, the world's infatuated with the U.S. and, and, and American culture, and then we're infatuated with everybody else's. But that's well, um, no one would show up right now because <laughs> they, they'd have to wait for two weeks, <laughs> have to sit around, and they couldn't even get in, and we couldn't get out, and yeah, six feet apart the whole time they're there. Oh my <laughs> goodness, could you imagine that for that movie? <laughs> Watching that movie, like no one's wearing a mask. But Whew. yeah, and then all these people that are in crowded spaces, then it rains. And, yeah, it's, it's, but but I mean, you think about like there's there's people. Um, 
you know, you, you think about, you know, anybody who's like super famous that's a performer. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about like any type of like musician. Like, yeah. you could say like Garth Brooks. If Garth Brooks said that he's just going to show up, that's true. In like a park. No, people would show up. People are going to show up hours early to scope it out, you know, and and that's the thing. And then you add in Garth Brooks saying, I'm going to show up at this time in this place and I'm going to do this crazy, crazy thing and drop all these little hints and innuendos of like this, this huge thing happening. Right. Even more people would go because they want to yeah, see. That's true, and I think what's interesting about the movies and, and you know, movies can only be so long, so they can't cover everything. An element of the story that never really gets dug into is the phenomenon they became, yeah, and, and how big of, of stars they were. I mean, in the first movie, they were built up and, and they were learning their act and they were doing it in <coughs> Vegas. They're basically a Vegas show, and, and of course, they got revealed to what they really were. Um, and our son just came out of the bathroom. You can probably hear the toilet flush. On this, because these microphones pick up everything. So if you heard something, that's what it is. And we're not even that close to it either, but that's just kind of kind of what happens. We're, we're sitting on a couch as we record this. so our, our, The couch we bought during... Uh, the COVID couch. The COVID yeah. couch. Because I, I think the first time we recorded, I don't think we had this couch. Yeah, yet. we recorded when we had uh, the we Mother's were, Day. We were on the COVID couch? We were on the COVID couch. Just sitting over there on that side of the COVID yeah, couch? Yeah, okay. we talked about it being... The COVID couch? The COVID couch. Oh, I can't remember. Okay. Well, now we're sitting on a different portion of the COVID couch. It's sectional. So we are past the where it turns. Um, <laughs> sitting on, on that bar by the other lamp that, that Holly turned on a few minutes ago. So overall impressions. What would you think of the movies? Um, I thought they were great. Uh, I think that, you know, it's funny because our son said the second one was like so much better than the first one. Um, and he, he was just like adamant about that. And where I think the second one was really spectacular um you know i think the first i i just have this little thing about the first one mm-hmm. um i think there was you know well no maybe not maybe it's just certain scenes like i like certain scenes um from each of them um but i think it was great it wasn't a movie where i got bored or is like you know thinking how long has the movie been on it's right. i got sucked into it and like i said we said at the beginning like i can't believe we missed these movies um, they were very, very much worth the time and sitting down and watching them. I mean, even our 11-year-old sat there and watched yeah. them, and she enjoyed sort them of. too, sort of. But she enjoyed them. She liked the she liked the, the Lula character. She liked the Lula character in the second one. Yeah. And I mean, you always know when she likes a character because she looks at the character and she asks the question, why is that me? Yes. She, she loves, she loves to, to make that. You know, it's funny you talk about liking the second movie over the first movie or the first movie over the second movie i don't think i could pick one over the other that's like why i, I came really back to saying there's scenes i like yeah there's, from there's each of them. things i like about both of them but i and, and to me and it's probably because we watched them back to back at least on two set two you know back to back days back to back days within 24 hours of each other for me i view them as one yeah in a lot of ways because we didn't have to wait you know three four five six years i think it was six before the second one came out and mm-hmm. and so for me it was uh watch one watch one the next day and and so to me they're one and the same i didn't have to get reacquainted with the characters i didn't have to remember what happened in the first movie because yeah. i just saw it the day before so to me they're one and the same and they are one movie um one thing we didn't discuss ahead of time uh, as we were sitting down to do this is how we want to wrap up a movie do we want to rate the movie do we want to say if we would recommend the movie what how do we want to put our stamp so to speak on the movies that we're that we're talking about um i think we could rank them or give them a rating 
um, you know. Okay. So. So would you want to rate them on a scale of one to five? Um, and only say that because that's how we do all of our reviews at thechairshot.com. But we could do it otherwise. You know, we don't have to do the same way. Um, how do you want to rate it? I initially was thinking out of ten. Okay. Would that be too far off for you if you're used to doing it out of five? I mean, mathematically, I can just turn it into a scale of five. <laughs> it's after, not hard. Just double. After you give me your, your, your two more. No, it's not double because if you're giving me a scale of 10, if I double it, it's now a scale of 20. I have to Wait, cut it in half. You would double the five. Oh, I know that. But I'm going to give you my rating out of 10. Okay. And if I give it a seven, then it's just going to be a three and a half out of five. Oh, <laughs> whatever. Hey, look, I didn't tell you there wasn't going to be math, all right? <laughs> and when you said you wanted to do this, you never said anything about math, good or bad. So well, math is here. Math. Well, math, you, coming from the world of education, should know. Oh, I know how important it is. Math is, I just can't do it. Well, there's calculators for a reason. Exactly. So, okay. On a scale of 1 to 10, are you going to rate them just overall, both of them? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rate them overall, both of them. Because okay. if you watch one, you need to watch the other. That's true. And you should now at this point because it's years old. And, and, yes. Yeah. And if you're ready to watch the first one, you can find it on Hulu. Yes. But if you want to watch the second one, you got to rent it. Yeah. We rented it through Amazon Prime. Um, I would give these movies, I would probably give them an 8 out of 10. And I would give them an 8 out of 10 for the character development. Mm-hmm. And I would give them... Um, and and also for just the the sheer creativity of the production, right? Of 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 the plot. Okay. I I was originally thinking eight out of ten, but that's boring. I can't give it the same rating as you. That's just silly, right? Oh, I like this, so I'll go first every time. <sighs> that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> I'm the podcaster, so I have to make it. I'm also the husband, so I have to. Do those things. Um, I so so I would have given it an eight out of ten for a lot of the same reasons. I love the characters, love the plot, love everything else. I'm going to give it a bonus half point. Okay. Because it's a heist movie, oh, and it's two heist movies. There so you go. I want to go eight and a half out of ten. Definitely recommend you watch it. Definitely recommend check it out, enjoy it, share it, and. And here's yeah. the thing: it, it, it's you can get it on you know all this all the, you know where we just told you the streaming locations and when everything is closed right now because of covid it is really a fantastic movie just to kind of curl up on the couch and watch it is but here's the problem with what you just said is that eventually when everything opens back up you're gonna have to come up with a new line for your podcast because well i wouldn't say that about another movie Oh, okay i'm saying it because it's not in the theater well nothing's in the theater (laughs) exactly sadly very very sadly so All right, so there you have it. That's our review of Now You See Me and Now You See Me Too. Highly recommend both movies. Go and watch them. Tell us what you think. Remind everybody where they can find your stuff. You can find my blog on educatethis.substack.com. Yep, and you can find mine, gregdemarco.substack.com. You can also... I literally have one page with everything. If you go to thechairshot.com, which is the website that I run, thechairshot.com forward slash Greg DeMarco, you will find that link and so many others there as well. Most of it's wrestling, I'm going to warn you right now. But there are some other things there as we've expanded the content of the website as well. So Mine is not wrestling-based? No, probably never will be, although that would be entertaining if I somehow yeah, convince okay. you to Well, last time I talked about wrestling, I got made fun of for talking about Jeff Jericho. 
Or Jeff Jarrett. Because oh. Jeff Jericho is nobody. Chris Jericho is a person. I just combined them. And Jeff Jarrett is a person. There's no so Jeff see, Jericho. So see, they became one. Although Jeff Jericho might need to be a person now somehow. So yeah. I don't know. So on a, That's really funny. That is hilarious, actually. <laughs> so we will. We don't have a plan for what we're going to review next. It'd be a lot of fun if at the end of it we'd be like, next time we're going to talk about such and such. But we got multiple streaming accounts and and a, a shelf with some DVDs on it so we could definitely figure out what we want to review next. The next time we come together, and, and hopefully we can do this once a week and, and release these out so that everybody can listen to them. Well, multitude of ways that you'll be able to find it, but hopefully we can do that the next time on a couple, a couple reviews. reviews. I don't know if we should both say it at the same time, but we did, so I don't know. We have to see how it sounds when you play it back. I, well, I'm not going to edit it off, so oh, it, doesn't, there it, goes. it doesn't matter. So someone so. can give us feedback. <laughs>